Purdue's Customer Experience Podcast. Delivering great customer experience every time is really, really hard. If it was easy, more companies would be doing it. We all know that ain't happening. That's exactly where this show comes in. Every episode, we take a close look at companies who are getting customer experience right. Whether it's over the phone, over technology such as social media or apps on your smartphone, or in person, there are some companies who are just really good at this. This show looks at what they're doing differently to make their customers love them and introduces us to the people whose job it is to make great customer experience happen. So if delivering exceptional customer experience is part of your business, this is the podcast for you. I'm Pat Perdue, and I'm glad you found us. And thank you for joining us on our first ever episode of Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Pat Perdue, and I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about this. It's also super exciting because you've decided to join us, and I'm really, really grateful for that. So thank you. My first guest ever is none other than Afshan Kinder. I'll get to Afshan's official bio in a moment, but I wanted to share with you some of our conversation that really stood out for me. As you know, companies that want to create consistently great customer experiences have to have a culture that will support that. And it's not easy to do. Like I say in my intro, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And for CEOs and other senior leaders who need to shift that culture to being customer-centric, well, that's a huge challenge. Today's guest, Afshan Kinder, has a lot of experience with that. And in our conversation, she gets into things she's done to help CEOs and other senior leaders turn their company's culture around. And she also shares techniques she's used to reflect the authentic customer experience to senior leaders of an organization in a way that's fun and makes change happen. So without further ado, I hope it's a fabulous day wherever you are. And here's my conversation with Afshan. Afshan Kinder is a partner at Switchgear Consulting, a firm dedicated to helping organizations lead transformational change driven by a need to enhance the customer experience. Afshan has spent her entire career working with organizations that have set a high standard for customer excellence and is in demand globally from leading brands that are committed to delighting their customers. Afshan, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Pat, for having me. Uh, likewise, it's an honor for me to be here, too. Oh, well, it's an honor to have you. <laughs> well, let's get right into it. You've worked with some really, really big organizations, helping them make the transformations necessary to become truly customer-centric. And many of them would say that you're personally responsible for helping them make that change. That's a really big deal. What would you say about the notion of an organization being truly customer-centric? What does it really mean? Absolutely, that's a fantastic question. And just the first part is that I don't think I singly did anything. I think there's a lot of folks that put a lot of time and effort towards making a transformation. So just want to kind of set the record straight. You know, it takes a whole team to see a project through. Well, what's it like to be customer-centric, you know, Pat? Like, it's got so many different perceptions. I'll just give you what I believe it is to be customer-centric. You know, everyone talks about customer centricity and, uh, you know, having that kind of culture where the customer's at the center of everything. I see lots of PowerPoint slides around that, but very few people actually walk the talk. And when you actually want to, when you want to walk the talk, that means you have to start with yourself. 
Are you customer service oriented with your direct reports and the people that you work with on a day-to-day basis? Because that role modeling is where it starts. And then secondly is at the C-suite. They may have a vision, but they don't give time to reinforce it through their words and actions. And if that doesn't happen and they're not consistent around it, again, people then think it's just the flavor of the day. And sticking with the role of the CEO, what specifically can they do to help transform their organization into one that's customer-centric? I think it's about talking about it in very specific terms and ways. So I'll give you a great example. One of my clients, a large telecommunications company, they have offices all over the world. And so one of the uh, SVPs, what he does is he holds a conference call, invites all of the leaders from probably, it's not to the frontline leaders, but at least uh, director level and just below director level to this particular meeting. So we've got hundreds of people on this conference call and he takes one customer and one customer journey from the beginning to end as it touches all the various departments from the front office to the back office to the field services to retail. And they can actually see what happened to this customer and where they succeeded and where they failed and the lessons learned out of it and how that's going to drive, you know, some of the changes in the organization. So when individuals hear this, they get inspired. And this is not like a one-off customer. This would be a typical customer in a typical journey. I think that's really fantastic. And he does it every month. That's a great story. What I really, really like about that story is that it shows how much work goes on behind the scenes to create a great customer experience. And what I also really like about that story is that it shows how isolated and siloed departments can be, right? So this executive is breaking down those silos, but often different departments work in such isolation that one department often doesn't know what the other department is doing and understand the relationship between those two departments to create a great customer experience. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with you. And I think the other challenge too is that sometimes, as I mentioned before, at the C-suite, they're distracted with, you know, financial uh, concerns or, you know, there's media issues or, you know, whatever uh, is uh, the hot thing, you know, that week. What I've done in the past when I was in operations, I did it in two of my organizations, is that it's very difficult to bring the folks at the very senior level to the service experience to kind of um, see it firsthand, not so much always from the customer perspective, but from the person who's delivering the service. So one of the uh, things that I did was that I created what we called uh, the customer experience game. In this particular case, it was at a bank. I wanted to tell them how painful it was for small business customers to open up an account and what they had to do. And so the actual leader had to be the agent, and, uh, and then another one had to be the customer. So they kind of, one got it from uh, the agent point of view, the other one got it from the customer point of view, and we made a simulation of how that would work and what they have to do. And, and it was so eye-opening that we actually got some very good changes made to that process because of it. Really, really interesting story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like sensitivity training for executives. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times uh, everybody has their, as I said, their opinion about it. And, and sometimes we see changes in an organization because, you know, the CEO happened to call into the call center and didn't like X. So we got to change everything. 
And it happened to be one agent at one moment in time versus the trend of things. So um, it's it's interesting because if we can bring the trend of things to the C-suite, then we have a greater chance it will impact more customers. The trend of things. I love that phrase. You know, as opposed to like a one-off, it's this is how things really are. So my question for you, Afshan, is how do you go about telling the CEO that this is how things really are, particularly if it's not such a happy story? I can imagine that that could be a really tricky thing to do. It is a very tricky thing to do. And I think part of it is having the credibility of someone in in the C-suite to say, let's listen to Afshan. And the only way that I could build that credibility is through my results and through, you know, making a difference. So if I'm able to make a, a, a difference in a small microcosm that shows that, hey, there's something different here, then all of a sudden I have everyone's ears and eyes available. So part of it is earning your ticket in there. And the other part is always working for somebody who actually has the same value system as you with respect to customer centricity. So if they're financially driven and you're not and you're you know customer driven it's probably not a like a good mix no not a good mix i can totally see that if you're saying voice of customer and all the executive is thinking about is short term savings that's not going to go over so well but for those ceos who are committed to great customer experience what do you find are the areas that might hold their companies back from really raising the bar I think it first comes from uh, not having a clear vision as to what great is. Everybody has a different opinion, and a lot of opinions swirl within an organization. And as a result, the individual who actually has to deliver the experience may get mixed messages, you know, whether it's an email message that comes from the CEO or their, you know, supervisor. So there's lots of mixed messages that come across that try to balance efficiency with effectiveness. Talk about a tricky balancing act. So, Afshan, within your own practice, do you ever find that you're brought into an organization and you're connecting with the CEO and you discover that they themselves don't have a vision of the customer experience and maybe they're leaning on you to provide them with guidance as to what that customer experience should be? That's a great question, Pat, because... I think they do have a vision, but it's not specific enough. So they'll say things to me like, I just want my team to be able to think ahead and be able to think, uh, you know, what is going to happen, you know, to the customer, say 30 days from now, 60 days from now. I call it anticipatory skills. And I think that's a very important part of where service is going today. But they have no mechanism as to how that's going to happen. Like, how do you make that mindset shift? So I think they may have a vision. Secondly, they may not have a mechanism. So that's one. Uh, The second one is sometimes their vision is too general. So they'll say things like, I want it done right the first time, right? And that's all they give you. But there's so many skills that are needed in order to do that. Problem solving, listening, communicating clearly. Again, you need to kind of drill it down to what are the specific behaviors that you would like to you know, see in a great customer interaction. And when you can do that, then people can put their arms around it, I believe. Such a great point, right? I mean, answering the question, okay, so what do I do? That's the vision, but okay, what do I do? Really, really hard question to answer. So for you, Afshan, how do you take the vision of maybe the CEO or the senior leadership within a company and translate that into actions that reflect or generate that positive customer experience? 
Well, one of the things that we do is that we help with understanding what others do in the industry. And one thing I I truly believe is that we all can put that customer hat on because that's one thing we have in common, and that is we are all customers. And asking a frontline agent um, or, you know, service delivery individual, asking a leader, asking someone who's in senior management, they all will have different opinions. And I think, you know, we should listen to all those opinions and look for similarities across and benchmarking it against what the best in class do. So you can get that alignment that I talked about before from the very top to the people who are actually delivering the service. Hmm. Interesting, interesting distinction. And with I guess with 30 or 40 different interpretations of what a great customer experience is, well, I guess the outcome is pretty predictable of that, right? So I think it's safe to say that all companies would like to deliver a great customer experience. So what's holding them back? What's the challenge that prevents companies from delivering that great customer experience? I think it's actually their perception around the customer. So do you see the customer as your partner or someone that you want to really help and you recognize that you know they are really the reason for being or are you very internally focused about your product and your processes and the customer is a little bit of an afterthought so what do you put ahead do you put your policies ahead or do you put the customer ahead And the best companies are ones that do both. So they're able to look at their policies and talk about how many customers do you think would abuse us in this? That's why, you know, companies like Amazon or other uh, companies have really good return policies. Costco, I'll give Costco as an example. They have a great return policy uh, because they actually fundamentally believe that customers are loyal and they're going to do the right thing versus having a policy for the 5% who are going to abuse. That's kind of a difference in how you approach the whole customer experience. That totally makes sense, right? So I guess if I start off with the mindset that all my customers are going to rip me off if they're given a chance, that's probably going to affect how I treat them. And the other side of the coin, if I start out with the mindset that all my customers are awesome and they're on my side, then that too is going to affect how I treat them. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've heard of all of the legendary stories at Zappos and you know some other organizations in terms of going the extra mile. And everybody you know, looks at those stories and they go, wow, isn't that great? And then when it comes to their own organization, it doesn't happen because some of those things cost money, you know, and they're just not willing to shoulder that kind of expense. But at some point in time, you've just got to look at all of your processes and say, Have I kept the customer waiting? Where do I give the customer the benefit of the doubt? What in terms of offering do they have where I don't have to say no all the time? Because I truly believe that great customer service is saying yes. And then when we have to say no, that we have an alternative or some option for them. It's kind of like a train going down a track. So the individual who's providing service every day to people, they, they go down this one track and then what happens is that a customer shows up and then all of a sudden the train stops because we can't offer uh, something you know, to that customer. So instead of putting the customer on board with us and taking them to the destination or at least a destination close, we just actually stop and tell them to get off the train or they can't even get on the train. That's where bad customer service is, is when we can't offer options and choices. And, uh, and I think that's all what customers want. That makes total sense, right? And I think customers overall are pretty reasonable. They just don't like to be told no, or we just don't like to be told no. 
what we can, you know, but if we're provided with some options, then that could be okay. So Afshan, you often work in contact centers and that's where the, uh, the rubber hits the road, so to speak, of customer service, customer experience. And for those managers and directors of contact centers who are listening right now, what might they do if they want to turn the tide within their own company and create a customer experience mindset? What are some of the things that they can do to make a difference? You know, that's a wonderful question, Pat. And and, uh, there's a version of that question I get asked a lot, which is, how do we show the value of the contact center when we have so many interactions with customers? You know, so sometimes it's looked at as a cost center, not a profit center, or um, adding enough value. And I don't think there's one right way. I, I think there's a lot of uh, different ways that we can kind of raise the awareness. And I think one of the things that I've also done in the past is I've actually filmed an agent and we've had the customer recording. So if they won't come into the contact center to kind of understand the value, they can actually see it on film and uh, hear what the customer was saying, what the agent was saying, and seeing the screens. Because one of the things that I wanted to do in terms of making some of the changes was to get a new system. And if they couldn't see how hard it was for an agent to kind of just do a very simple transaction with the customer because we had archaic systems, we were never going to be able to provide a great customer experience. So that's just a little tip that I could give some others. Uh, not hard these days. Just use your cell phone, put the video setting on, and away you go. Great point. And I love the use of technology in that example. Speaking of technology in the contact center, these days, contact center agents are required to use a huge amount of technology and very quickly evaluate lots and lots of information, even just to accomplish the most simple tasks. Yes. So, Afshan, What are your thoughts on what companies can do to both take advantage of technology while at the same time help their customer service agents stay effective and not get overwhelmed by all the inputs they need to work with? I think, you you know, you're absolutely right. And when you think about uh, everyone's moving to reducing customer effort, but not too many people are uh, moving to reduce agents' effort. The effort uh, for your agent is equal to the amount of effort that they're going to pass on to, you know, the customer per se, just based on whether uh, what you have technically, you know, how complex your processes and your product is. We have a coaching program that actually speaks to this because if you kind of think about all of the various interactions that you may have, you can actually put it on what we call a hierarchy of learning. And it's a very methodical way of taking a look at what's your top 10 interactions that you have with your customer. And, you know, you start from simple and you move to complex and we have a what we call a customer experience blueprint that we help the agent be able to take their skills and apply it to that interaction. I know I'm speaking very high-level terms, um, so it may be hard to visualize. But it is a very methodical way. And if you don't have that methodology of systematically going from simple to complex, building skills as you go through coaching and regular coaching, and I would say, more importantly, effective coaching, then you'll never be able to, you know, stay um, ahead of the game. A lot of folks, what they do is that they bring people in, they train them, and then they throw them to the wolves. And that's that, that just can't happen anymore these days. There's too much at stake to allow people to freeform and, uh, you know, figure out what to do um, really on, on the customer's dime because, you know, they're calling you and they don't want to be spending 20 minutes on the phone trying to get their issue resolved. Yep, for sure. It's way too competitive to leave the customer experience to chance. And 
it's our last question. So thank you so much. I've got one more question for you. You've been so generous with your time and expertise. I really appreciate it. So keeping with technology, and I'm thinking of companies like Uber or even the ability to do our banking from our smartphones, where I can do whatever I want as a customer, and I really don't have to interact with anybody at all. So with all this new technology, what are your thoughts on the evolving definition of a great customer experience and the contact center agent's role in providing that best experience, if, you know, if there's even a role at all? I think the best experience is a seamless experience. And so the reality is that I'm going to use the right channel based on the complexity of what I need to do. So online banking is pretty simple. This, you know, these days I just want to move money from one account to another. I should be able to just do that. However, if I need some advice about my investments or I, I have an issue that I need resolved that's pretty complex, I may not be able to resolve that online. So what's happening is that all of the simple things that were in contact centers in the past have actually changed in terms of what an agent's required to do and the complexity of what we need to know, and the complexity of the types of issues that are being presented in in the call center has just grown tremendously. So I don't think the voice-to-voice is ever going to go away because we're social beings, but I think, you know, we can eliminate the everyday, I want to go to an ATM instead of a bank teller, I want to do my banking online, or I want to purchase my products online. I can do that. And I might go into a retail store just to browse around, but I still might purchase online. That's okay. But as soon as I run into any problem with my products, I want to talk to somebody uh, who can actually solve it for me. And I might choose to speak to them over the phone or I may uh, choose to do a video chat. And I think that's going to become very popular, especially for you know, uh, things that are mechanical that may break down under health services. I think it's going to be very important to have that kind of medium, but it's still a human to human. So that's never going away. That's never going away. That's Well, that's good to hear. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Afshan. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Well, you're very welcome, Pat. And thank you so much for inviting me. I, I hope I've added some insight today. And, and I really thank you again for, you know, having me. Tons of insight. So thank you again. And for more information on Afshan and the work she does, head on over to www.switchgear.ca or check out our show notes. This has been Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Pat Perdue. Create some great customer experiences today. For more information on this or any of our shows, go to www.patperdue.com. Meantime, have a great day and I'll talk to you next time. 